0: Hello and welcome to episode number 270 of Smart Podcast Trashy Books. I am Sarah Wendell from Smart Bitches Trashy Books and with me today are Amanda and Carrie and Elise and Redheaded Girl. All of the bitches have assembled and we are here to talk about ghosts. We're going to talk about ghost tours, starting with the 1.5 ghost tours that Red-Headed Girl went on in New York on a recent vacation. She just got back and she's a little jet lagged during this conversation, which also makes it fun. We talk about what makes a good ghost tour guide and which stories were the best and the creepiest. Amanda shares her own recommendations for ghostly, creepy television shows. Don't worry, we have links to everything we talk about. We also talk about a ghost tour that Amanda went on in school in fourth grade as part of her Florida state history curriculum. Elise explains why creepy stuff has to work really hard to impress her. And Carrie talks about all the ghostly stories of Northern California that she knows and the lessons that we can learn from them. And as a bonus, Elise takes us on a tour of the creepy things on her Kindle. Now, because we're talking about ghosts and murders and things like that, I want to sort of issue a general trigger warning. We talk about murder and violence intermittently when talking about who haunts what and where and why they might be doing that haunting. So there aren't any specific grisly details except for one small section, but we talk about death and haunting on and off throughout this episode. Plus, there's a special background appearance of Wilbur, who's the one cat who really hasn't shown up much on the podcast, He wanted to lend some atmosphere to the show, so you'll hear him meeping in the background. What he actually wanted was for his brother to get his meds so that he would also get treats, but I would also like to think it was lending atmosphere. Orville is here on the desk with me, helping me record, so he's going to start hitting the microphone with his tail momentarily. Now, if you have cats, or a creepy book, better yet, or a ghost story, even better, to tell us about, please... Please do that. You can email us at sbjpodcast at gmail.com. You can record a voice memo and email it to us because you'll sound awesome, trust me. Or you can leave a voicemail at one two zero one three seven one three two seven two. I would love to hear your creepy book recommendations and if you have ghost stories to share. Now we have a sponsor for the podcast and a sponsor for the transcript. And I have received a number of thank yous for the transcript from different people. So if you are one of the people who reads the podcast rather than listens to it, that's awesome. And you can thank Garlic Knitter for her hard work. Each time we get a transcript sponsor, it makes the show a little bit more exciting. I am really, really pleased to have both the podcast and transcript sponsor. So let's get started. Shall we do the thing? Let's do the thing. Today's podcast is sponsored by the newly released audio version of Hopeful by Louise Bay. If you like Christina Lauren, Emma Chase and Kristen Proby, you will love this contemporary second chance romance. Ava Elliott has been in love with Joel Wentworth since their secret passionate love affair at university, which ended when he left for New York after graduation. Despite Joel's wanting her to go with him, Ava stayed in London to pursue her career. She never really got over her first love and she's been single ever since. But eight years later, Joel is back in London. Is he ready to forgive Ava, or has he moved on from a love he promised would last forever? Described as a true love story and as having a combination of humor and heartbreak, Hopeful by Louise Bay is on sale now at all major retailers, and the audio edition is on Audible, Amazon, and iTunes. You can find out more at louisebay.com. Every transcript is handcrafted by Garlic Knitter. Thank you, Garlic Knitter! Today's podcast transcript is sponsored by Twice as Wicked by Elizabeth Bright. All's fair in love and revenge, or is it? Alice Bursnell is determined to wreak revenge on Nathaniel Eastwood, Viscount Abingdon, for the seduction, ruin, and death of her beloved twin sister. But how to expose a seducer without falling prey herself? As she gets closer to Nathaniel, she finds she is in serious danger of following in her sister's much too tempted footsteps, The man is nothing like the heartless rake that she expected, and his kisses are truly divine. Could she be wrong about him? When a mysterious and beautiful woman confronts Nathaniel at a fancy ball, he suspects that she has murder on his mind, his own murder. But the more he tries to determine who the deceptively innocent beauty is and what she's up to, the deeper he falls under her alluring spell. Nathaniel fears that he is in imminent danger of losing his life, or worse, his heart. Elizabeth Bright's debut is a witty and heartwarming romance that readers won't soon forget. For more information, please visit EntangledPublishing.com. And thank you to Elizabeth Bright for sponsoring the TribeScript for this episode. Now, I have compliments. Yay, compliments! To Becky M. Historians have discovered that the original coat of arms representing you and your ancestors was so incredible, the minute souvenirs were made of it, they sold out. You are that cool. Now, if you would like a compliment or you would like to support the podcast, there are a number of ways to do that. One is to head over to our Patreon at patreon.com smartpitches smartbitches. You make a pledge, even as little as a dollar a month, it makes a sizable and deeply appreciated difference in the show. And I thank you personally very much. There are different rewards at different levels. So have a look at patreon.com slash And if that is not an option, no worries. Just listening and subscribing is an enormous benefit to the show. Thank you for hanging out with me each week. And if you'd like to leave a review or tell a friend, that helps other people discover this nice show that I create. And seriously, I've always wanted to have my own radio show. And now I kind of do. And it's pretty awesome. So thank you for being here. The music you're listening to is provided by Sassy Outwater. I will have information at the end of this episode, along with, if you haven't been listening to the end, bad jokes at the very end of this episode. And I have a terrible one this week. I'm very excited. All of the books that we talk about, along with television shows and movies, will be in the podcast entry at smartbitchestrashybooks.com podcast. And we have a page on iTunes as well, itunes.com slash, DBSA. We talk about a lot of creepy things, so I hope you enjoy it. We'll also have links to all of the places and different stories and creepy Twitter storifies and BuzzFeed channels. And seriously, there's so much creepy going on. I'm just going to link to all of it. You know, it's the Internet. There's no shortage of creepy. So are you ready for our special Halloween podcast? It's time. Let's do this. Would you be interested in telling us all the things about your ghost tour? Because seriously, I have been like holding back from asking questions. I want to hear all about it. Okay. Well, which, which
1: one? Cause I went on one and two halves. Wait, two half tours. One of them was so bad. I ditched it in the middle and hopped onto another one.
0: Whoa. Was the second one better? Oh, much better. Okay. So why did you ditch the first one? Are you recording now? I am recording now. Okay. Bring it on. I wish to hear all of the terrible things. Okay, so this was in York.
1: And first, York is amazing and you should all go.
0: How do you fuck up a tour of York? It's like inherently old and creepy. Well, you start
1: off by pointing to York Minster and saying... This was built as a Protestant church in the 1100s. Wait, that's,
0: right? What? What?
1: That's what he said.
0: <laughs> so this guy knew nothing.
1: Nothing. No, he start. He start. He started off by saying, "Well, it's going to be some history and some ghosts, and we're going to have some fun." And I was like, "Cool, I like all of these things."
0: <laughs> Those are all good words in that order,
1: right? And then he started off with that. And I was like, oh, shit, I have wasted six pounds. (laughs) And And a lot of time in walking. And a lot of time in walking. I mean, that was at the very beginning. And when you start off by, like, defining Protestantism, Protestantism, I'm severely jet-lagged, you guys. I'm just saying. By the time I ditched him 45 minutes later, we had gone uh, maybe halfway around the Minster he had told three stories. Yeah, three. He told them badly. Like he was trying so hard to play to the crowd. Like he couldn't find the point with both hands in a smart <laughs> pencil sharpener.
0: <laughs> so was he trying too hard or was he just he a really bad storyteller? Way too and hard. He
1: was a bad storyteller.
0: See, it seems like that's kind of like
1: a job requirement, right? Right. After the third story, and he was, like, describing the alleged ghost of a girl who died in the plague, and he couldn't remember if it was 1348 or 1349, which I suppose I shouldn't be, like too up in myself by saying, you don't you mean you don't know that the Black Death didn't come to York until 1349? But at that point I was. Um and she was like, and she looked like this little girl who was in the tour too. She was who had a blue hood and I'm like, no she didn't. And <laughs>
0: <laughs> so he lost you basically. You were I just right out. Like ages ago. And I just sort
1: of kept like sunk cost fallacy and like I may as well see this to the end and then another tour kind of came up behind us and the guy was telling the story and my tour went around the corner and I went to the other one and literally said to the tour guide that tour is shit can I join yours
0: (laughs) so you were just like yeah this sucks I'm out of (laughs)
1: here like can I join yours and he's like um sure (laughs)
0: And did, did bad tour guide hear you, or was he, like, too busy badly storytelling to notice? I
1: think he was around the corner. If he heard me, I don't care. Like, you can you can get away with a lot of rudeness with an American accent, people are just like, okay, that's just the way you are.
0: I've never tried getting away with rudeness with an American accent. I'm usually <laughs> overly polite because American accent. Right. And
1: that was generally what I did, but at that point... 19,000 steps into my day. I didn't care. (laughs) I was just so pissed off. And the second tour was much better. So if you are in York. And you want to do a ghost tour. Do not. Hop on the one. That meets by the minster. What you want. Is ghost hunt. It meets in the shambles. They're both six pounds. Ghost hunt is so much better.
0: Okay, a ghost hunt that meets in the shambles is, like, the yeah. best assembly of words. Like, that speaks clearly for itself. What's a shambles, and what made it good?
1: Um, the shambles is a very narrow street in York that's, like, it, it's a medieval street. It's the street that's been there for, like, a thousand years.
2: Right. and it's it's shambly.
1: Shambly, <laughs> Um, I don't remember the word that it kind of derived from, but the specific street has these lovely medieval and Tudor buildings, and they all used to be butcher shops.
0: Ooh. So you'd walk down the street
1: and you would, you know, buy your hunks of meat.
0: Okay, I just try. Googled a picture. It looks like a movie set. Wasn't it? Like, like this the- looks like Diagon Alley. Yes.
1: It's not the street that allegedly inspired Diagon Alley, that's Victoria Street in Edinburgh where I also was um because J.K. Rowling wrote Harry Potter in Edinburgh. Right. And we'll get to that. Um, but yeah, and there is a shop towards the north and south one of the ends of the shambles. And um, end, right it's called the shop that shall not be named or the shop that will not be named. And it's a Harry Potter store and it's adorable. Ooh. I know. So yes, go to York. There's a castle. There's a good ghost tour. There's a bad one. There are a bunch of others that I have no experience of, but those two ghost hunt, the shambles, seven They're great.
0: So what made ghost hunt a good ghost tour? Like, Do you go on these things and get actually creeped out? Because I wouldn't sleep if I went on a ghost tour, especially when it started in a place called The Shambles.
1: Uh, Weirdly, no. I don't get creeped out by ghost tours. I get creeped out by ghost books. I have a whole bunch. Y'all know I have a whole bunch. And I get creeped out by them. But I don't get creeped out by the tours. Um, The ghost hunt, the storyteller in the ghost hunt was just much better he was not like up his own ass. He was just there to you know, tell the stories. Um, and he was charming, which was helpful.
0: And for six pounds, you want some charm.
1: Exactly. He didn't make me pay. I offered to pay. And he's like, You only got two stories out of me. It's fine.
0: <laughs> so, what were the stories that he told?
1: Um, see, there's another tour I went on in York.
0: Well, you know, if you need to juxtapose any tour and just say, here's what a good ghost story on a ghost tour is, that's also fine. So go ahead.
1: There's also a building in York called the Treasurer's House that used to be the house of the treasurer of York Minster. And it sits right on top of an old Roman road. York was a Roman settlement. And in the 1950s, a a guy was working in the cellar of this house, and he heard a trumpet, and then watched a Roman legion march through out of the wall and through the cellar. And he was able to describe these things in incredible detail. Whoa! Yeah, and they they figured they didn't know at the time exactly where the road was, And they figured out.
0: Well, he knows now.
1: Yeah, in the interview <laughs> they figured out exactly what the layout was, and yes, there is a road that goes straight through the cellar. Well the I mean it was to the point that the scholarship at the time that he saw it was like, that is not what people in Rome in York were wearing. That's not what legionnaires were wearing. And then more research happened and his vision, his version of what he saw was confirmed. And other people have seen these and I got to go on a tour of the cellar and see it. I didn't see the ghosts there. Apparently only tend to show up in February when the house is closed, but they do take you on a tour of the cellar. So you can see exactly where it was. And that was super awesome. And not only that, I knew that story. I had read that story. So that was super cool.
0: Whoa. And that's like, all of your catnip.
1: That's like all of it, yeah.
0: Right, I mean, like, the only thing they needed was also to do, to do some baking. Mm-hmm. Possibly also some sewing. Yeah. Because they could have been walking, baking, sewing, and marching. That would have been ideal.
1: That would have been weird for Legionnaires, but sure.
0: Hey, you never know. This could be historically proven later. It could be. Which would be cool.
1: It would be cool. So, yes, York is amazing. And you should go. And it oh. doesn't, like, the whole city just doesn't look real.
0: Which did you like best? Did you like London, York, Edinburgh? Did you have a preference?
1: No, I liked every single minute of the whole trip.
0: That's excellent, considering how much time you put into planning it. Yeah. Happy birthday to you. Happy
1: birthday to me.
0: Fuck yeah.
1: It was great.
0: And you got to hang out with somebody who you usually just talk to on the internet, which is always very cool. and A little scary, but always cool.
1: Two of them. Alina came too.
0: No way, I didn't
1: know that. Yeah, Alina came in the last five days in Edinburgh was me, Kaylee, and Alina. And Alina's husband, <laughs> who we couldn't always tell if he was enjoying himself, and then we'd like leave whatever we were doing, and he'd go, Yeah, it was pretty cool.
0: <laughs> so <that started> <laughs> out. So, of the ghost tours that you went on, the one with the Romans in the basement was probably the best or the most memorable.
1: Yes, the one we went on in Edinburgh was also, was really well done, because, among other things, they really thought about the route that they planned, because Edinburgh is on an extinct volcano, you as you do, There's a lot of very steep hills, right. so they really thought about how they were going to plan this route, so there wasn't a lot of steep uphill, right, and the downhill wasn't dire. Right. And you still ended at a point where, yeah, you had to go uphill a little bit, but to get to the Royal mile, but it wasn't like a climb. Um, so that was really well done of them. And there were a bunch of stories that I'd never heard before. Um, there, you know, the the various and sundry, this woman was burned as a witch in the plaza in front of St. Giles Cathedral. And, you see her sometimes and uh, occasionally there is this one close where a lawyer got murdered and then his murderer who was like, I'm not so I ain't even sorry. I'm not going to pretend I didn't do it because I did it. I told you all I was going to do it and then I did it. And he kind of got dismembered a little bit. So sometimes like there's a ghost of his hand tugging on people's pant legs on advocates clothes. for some reason. No one really understands why. Or the most haunted graveyard in Britain, which is Greyfriars Kirkyard. J.K. Rowling got some of the names from Harry Potter from that graveyard.
0: Whoa! Yeah. So that was both creepy history and cool history at the same time. So you mentioned that you have ghost books that scare the shit out of you, but you still have them. Do you have any that you would recommend?
1: I mean, what I do is I, I travel and then I buy a local ghost stories book from where I've been. Although I kind of, I overpacked and I didn't get one from Edinburgh because I was afraid that I was overweight on my luggage. And I was. Oh no. (laughs) So I literally did not have room for one more thing.
0: For one more book.
1: For one more book.
0: Well, you've got Mrs. Beaton's.
1: I got, yeah. Do you know how much that weighs? Three and a half pounds. I am sure that it is not a lightweight is not it's that book is not up. messing around no no it's in a place of honor now though so it's all good
0: i'm really glad you had such a good time on your trip <sighs> yeah, yeah i really did yeah who wants to go next to talk about ghost stories and book recommendations amanda i know you have a list do you want to go
1: yeah i
3: guess it's a list it's not many books because i don't read a lot of ghost stories um, that doesn't do it for me, but I watch a lot of, like, ghost TV. <laughs>
0: wait, wait, like, wait. Ghost TV, like, there's going to be an overly dramatic reenactment with lots of staring?
3: No. There's no reenactments in my ghost
1: television.
0: <laughs> is right, this, like, this is then-
1: serious ghost television, Sarah. <laughs> All right, this what is, is like,
0: serious ghost people- TV? Because every time I've watched something with ghosts, it's like... And then she opened the door and they show footage of a woman opening a door, like before the commercial break, after the commercial break, in the middle of the next segment.
3: (laughs) I don't like reenactments in any of my TV shows. No,
0: me neither. So what ghost TV (laughs) do you watch?
3: Um, So my boyfriend went out of town for a bachelor party about, I don't know, two or three weeks ago. And so that weekend I'm just going to live in my own filth and not move. And not shower. As and, you do. <laughs> and that um Friday, they were showing um the entire season one of this show called Kindred Spirits. That's on TLC. Oh, before my the, gosh. Second, before the second season starts. And I had never heard of the show before. And I just remember laying in bed for four straight hours watching <laughs> the show before I got up. <laughs> and... It made me cry a lot, <laughs> not out of fear. Um, but it's about these two paranormal, paranormal investigators, Amy and Adam, who investigate these haunted houses um, after they get emails or phone calls from people living in the houses saying that they're scared or they're frightened or their kids are frightened. So they kind of go in to figure out what is haunting these houses to give the families a better understanding of the spirits. And so they aren't so scared and to figure out, like, why the people are there. Um, So it's kind of really sweet. Oftentimes it's a previous homeowner or, like, someone's grandmother, like, watching over them. And I'm dealing with the own death of my grandmother. Um, So I would love for her to, like, haunt my house, to be honest. (laughs) Um, So I've been watching a lot of that and BuzzFeed does a really great paranormal series that you can find on YouTube called BuzzFeed Unsolved, and it's these two men. One really believes in ghosts and paranormal activity, and the other's a huge skeptic. Um, So they'll go to these haunted places and kind of check it out and usually stay the night, and it's really just kind of funny. Uh, (laughs) But I have been on ghost tours which I think they're super fun, and I would do them every day if I could. Uh, I When I first moved to Boston, there was a Boston by foot tour around Halloween that I went with uh, two women from grad school who are my dearest friends now. And it wasn't so much like hauntings and stuff like that, but more of people were murdered here.
1: Um,
3: <laughs> so more like grisly stuff. Like we went to where one of the victims of the Boston Strangler lived. Um, the ah. Boston Common. Yeah, the Boston Common is full of places where, you know, witches were hanged. So we went to a few of those places.
1: One yeah, sad, th- sadly, the, the old hanging tree got knocked down in a hurricane in, like, the yeah. hundreds. Or-
3: one of my favorite creepy stories that I heard on that tour was um, – we have this building called called the Boston Athenaeum which is has a collection of super rare and fancy books and there's a membership involved and i think they only let people into an open house a few times a year but they have one of maybe like two or three books in existence that was made out of that's bound with the author's skin Um, Uh,
0: (laughs) uh, uh, that has very negative connotations on many
3: levels (laughs) (laughs) so the author was a highwayman and he was captured and while in prison he kind of wrote his life story but he was so poor that he didn't have the money to bind the book so um when he passed, he left instructions for the warden to use his skin in the binding of his book, and he left the book to the warden.
2: And I love that the warden was just like, "Oh yeah, sure, yeah, sure, why not? Okay. Uh, no, no, <laughs> no problem, dude. That's not that's not fucking weird at all. We'll and, totally honor your last wishes.
0: And that's totally something that would happen in a book you read, Elise. It is, and oh, I yeah. just
2: want to. First of all, I want to say that it is like a cold, stormy October, Wisconsin night here, and my husband went outside and bought me Coke Zero in the rain so that I could stay awake for this. Aww. And I'm still really tired, and I have a serious case of the giggles coming on. I'm tired. <laughs> yes! <laughs> so, be warned. But yeah, <laughs> the book bound into your own skin is like a thing I would read. I-,
1: I also saw a book bound with human skin. It was... Uh, Burke, who was one of the guys who would first, they, he and his buddy—I I, I don't remember what his buddy's name was. I could look it up, but I don't want to. Um, he and his buddy first started robbing graves and selling them to the medical school. This is in like the the eighteen hundreds, right? When people were you know figuring out that anatomy was a thing. And they needed to figure out how anatomy works, but it was hard to get willing models, shall we say. And then they figured out, wait a second, we get more money if the bodies are really fresh. So, like, what if we killed people?
0: And Again, what? this sounds like a book that Elise would read.
1: Right. <laughs> Only it really happened. I, you know what? I admire... Their entrepreneurial spirit. <laughs> <laughs>
2: it, well, you can't fault them on that. It was
4: William Burke and William Hare.
1: There we go, Burke and Hare. There is now a strip club in Edinburgh called Burke and Hare.
0: Wait. You
1: want, wait, you mean Burke
0: Right? Yes. Okay. Burke
1: and Hare. okay. So, they eventually, the doctor that they were selling bodies to got suspicious and was like, I think you might actually be killing these people, and they were like, "No, why would you think that?" <laughs> anyway, they got arrested. Hare immediately ratted out Burke, fled the country. No one ever saw him again. Burke got himself hanged. He was dissected because why not? Karma. He also, uh, had a small book bound with his skin, which is now in the Surgeons Hall Museum and I saw it.
0: Creepy. There's a lot
1: of other really disturbing things. That museum is not for Sarah's. No, I I'm yeah no. It's not. No.
3: I also remember my first ghost tour. I was in fourth grade. Fourth grade? Hold on. I was in fourth grade. Um so in Florida. I don't know if it still goes now, but in Florida It's required by law. It is. Um, no, in fourth grade, is it you all my have to do, like, a, a, a curriculum block about the history of Florida. I still remember, like, what Florida's state bird, state flower, state tree, state animal. Like, that's something that I have retained for two decades. Um, and it culminates in a trip to St. Augustine, which is... Um, rich in history it has like a cool old spanish fort it's like the oldest city in the u.s um and we did a ghost tour and i remember it was like dusk and i don't even remember the story anymore but it had to do with this old woman who haunts this inn and i just remember like seeing a creepy figure in this top window and like a curtain moving and i freaked out like bolted down the street with my friends um but they're just addicting. I love them so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I don't read a lot of books. I watch a lot of ghost things. I, I wrote down one, in one of my notes, High Spirits with Steve Gutenberg. <laughs> it's an what? older... It's an old movie. I think it's in the early 90s or late 80s. I'm going to Google it right now.
0: Wait, is this like oh, high, old. high as in... <laughs> Hello, high spirits, or high as in they all smoked a joint together. I think it takes place in
3: Ireland or Scotland, so I think it might it's like high the Highlands, but it's H I G H. But it's got Peter O'Toole and Daryl Hannah and Liam Neeson are ghosts. Um, How have I missed <laughs> this? It's made in '88, and it's got Steve Gutenberg. As the main character.
1: All right, movie um. matinee for next fall. <laughs> Fuck that, next month. And I just,
3: it was on, like, HBO or Stars for a month straight, and I just remember watching it so <laughs> much. Um, and I've never seen it on TV since, since I watched it when I was a child. Um, so, yeah, High Spirits. It was made in 1988, it's a comedy horror, according to okay. Wikipedia.
0: It has um, a 17% rating on Rotten Tomatoes and Daryl Hannah. Oh, this Hanna, movie sounds amazing. And Daryl <laughs> Hannah was nominated for a Razzie, but lost to Christy <laughs> McNichol. This is like, this is like heritage level history right here.
2: You should give it a watch.
3: Um, but if anyone wants a really cool modern ghost story, this is the last thing I have in my notes. No books. Sorry. Um. There is an illustrator who used to do web comics. He now works for BuzzFeed. You can find him on Twitter at Moby underscore dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> um, his name is Adam Ellis, and he's kind of been documenting on Twitter this saga of he thinks his apartment is haunted by the spirit of a child. It is so creepy. Nope. He he has set up like motion sensor webcams. Nope. And in some of the videos, you can see, like, pups moving and things falling off the wall. And he has two adorable cats, Pepper and then Maxwell, who has three legs. And his cats freak out and, like, meow at the door at midnight every night. Um, But I'll have Sarah link to the tweet thread in the show notes because I am glued to this saga. My boyfriend thinks it's a load of bullshit. But I'm like shut up. I need this. Like, Don't ruin this for me. Um, and I have like Twitter notifications turned on. So every time he tweets. I get an alert so I can read it immediately. But it's just so. Creepy. And amazing. I really like the, the real life stuff. Which is maybe why I don't. Do a lot of reading. Or fictionalized ghost stories. I'm really invested in you know, proof and seeing things and getting things on monitors or whatever kind of tools these people have. Um, so yeah, that's it for me.
0: This is seriously creepy.
3: <laughs> Are you looking at the dear David saga on Twitter right now? Yes. Does it have an end? No, it's ongoing. He went to Japan for a few weeks and then came back and like stuff was still happening. So, his, like, last update was October 14th. Holy
0: shit.
3: Yeah, and it's been going on for, I don't know, maybe, like, a month now.
0: Did you guys see, this was, I have no concept of time, so I can't even tell you how long ago this was. I remember seeing this on Reddit, and then I saw it picked up by a whole bunch of blogs, that there was this guy who was getting strangely weird, random babbling messages on Facebook Messenger from his dead fiancé.
2: What? No. Oh, yeah, I remember that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love how Lisa's like, oh, yeah, that happened last week.
2: <laughs> so I I consume a lot of creepy shit, though. Like, I feel like I'm the least impressed by
0: creepy shit. Yeah, like, I know. I feel like it would take some serious, serious planning to scare the shit out of you. I don't know.
2: I I think because I don't believe in it, it doesn't scare me. Right. That makes
0: sense.
2: But, but like last like last night, we watched like, I don't know, four straight hours of American Horror Story, and then I went directly to bed.
0: Oh my God. So do you have any ghost stories that have stuck with you?
2: I don't think so. I don't read a lot of ghost stories. I do like fiction with a supernatural element to it. Um, before I started reading romance novels, I read gothic novels like Victoria Holt and Phyllis Whitney, and those always had like a little bit of a supernatural element to them. There's usually like a curse or a ghost or I love how in Gothic novels, the manors or castles or chateaus always have names like corpse blood manor. And nobody (laughs) stops to be
0: like, you know, maybe I don't want to live there. (laughs) In Teston's Row. Right. 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 Hey, Uh, don't go to Crimson Peak. Okay, great.
2: Where's that? I feel like so much of the horror genre would be erased if people just did their due diligence while shopping for property. Like we're watching season six of American Horror Story. And so when you, when there's like a beautiful three story farmhouse in the middle of the Carolina wilderness and like nobody wants it and you have to pay for it. Like as is in cash, that should be a warning that you don't fucking buy that farmhouse.
1: Okay. But right? like, like, is there a claw foot tub?
2: Probably, like, with real claws, though. I mean, though. No. And then also, like, the couple's wandering through the house and they're like, oh my God, look at this camcorder with a tape in it. And it's like, how during your walkthrough did you not notice AV equipment from 1992? How did that escape you? I don't have an answer. No. I just, yeah, I, I just think if someone came to me and was like, you can have this property for cash, but you're not allowed to ask any questions, I'd be like, you know. I'm not comfortable with this transaction.
0: <laughs> you, and, uh, you, <laughs> you admire their entrepreneurial spirit, but only so far?
2: Our house growing up, I don't think it was haunted or anything, but it was kind of weird. Like, they remodeled it in ways that didn't necessarily make sense, and we found this giant concrete slab under all of this decorative rock after we moved out. And I was convinced that like there had been a murder and there was a body under that slab. Cause there was no reason for that slab to be there. Like. Dig it up. Dig <laughs> it <laughs> up. Like, Don't do my, that. My parents won't let me. Like, don't you want to know? They're like, no.
3: Like, come on. Like I'm that person. I can't, remember where we were going i think we were on like alligator alley in florida when i went down there recently an alligator alley is a strip of road in florida that is surrounded by everglades on both sides and it's really fucking dark at night um we were there during the day but um i just remember being really creepy and my parents threatening my brother and i that they were going to leave us on the side of the road if we don't stop fighting in the car um, so it was like a fear, a childhood fear of mine, that strip of road. But I'm one of those people where if I see a garbage bag or a box hanging out on the side of the road, I like, what if there's a dead body in there? What That's if there? That's totally someone's there? head. Mm-hmm. Okay. there was Elise, and I just listened to maybe I, I think maybe it was like Sword and Scale. I don't know if you listened to it recently, Elise, but there was just an episode of a podcast I listened to where a woman trigger warning probably
2: for this (laughs)
3: next part, uh, this woman had chopped up her adult son and put his body parts in garbage bags and just left them on the side of the highway. And so that's what I always think. If there's like a, deserted or thrown away bag or box just hanging out on the side of the road and every time I pass one I mention it out loud to whoever is driving the car and it's unsettling I guess for, the,
0: <laughs> for the driver. Yes. not for you but you know, for them
2: I think that too though and I you know, that's part of the reason, like, I don't jog, because it's always some fucking early morning jogger <laughs> that stumbles across the body every single right. goddamn day. I would love life.
0: to stumble it's across a body. Seriously. At least in the end Elise and Amanda, how is there not a crime-solving show starring the two of you? Like, Elise would be like, I wasn't fucking joking. We have
3: the same thoughts, but one wants to
2: find the body, and the other one really doesn't.
3: Exactly.
0: There's your tension. You can sustain that for hours.
2: There would just be video of Amanda and I standing in a ditch, and, like, there's something blurred out. One of us is poking it with a stick. It would be so inappropriate.
4: (laughs) <laughs> I just feel strongly that it's bad enough to, like, murder and dismember somebody, but stooping to littering is, like, <laughs>
0: <laughs> uncool. It's that is weird, not okay. It just this crossed
2: there, the line, right?
0: <laughs>
4: take sand,
2: yeah, yeah. You had, like, the best dead body story ever in Sacramento recently. Didn't you have, like, some random woman walking around with a human head on a stick?
4: No, oh, my God. No, that was... <laughs> oh, jeez, what was the story with that? No, that was basically the story. There was... Yeah. <laughs> was within the last calendar year, I can't remember what it was, but yeah, it was this woman was walking around with like a head on a stick, and I, I never... I actually learned more about murders in Sacramento from you guys than I do from myself because I don't read the local paper very much. Sometimes I find it's best just not to know. Um, I mean, I- there's like... Like, I do walk a lot around like downtown Sacramento and stuff, so everybody knows where Dolores Huerta's house is, you know. And it's just like this house, she was a, a serial killer in Sacramento, and you know, like, it's just a house, and no one makes a big deal of it anymore. And every now and then, someone walks around with a hat on a stick. Right. I don't know how that all panned
2: out, but I think being from Wisconsin, if It's not a cannibal. We're just not impressed. Like you didn't bring your eight game.
3: Well, a lot of serial killers have come from Wisconsin.
2: Uh yeah, because it's cold as shit here and really dark in the winter and people get kind of crazy.
1: You know, it's cold as shit in Minnesota and it gets really dark and people go kind of crazy, and yet they don't kill people. Yeah,
0: you've got tater tots. You've got tater tots and you know,
1: they just don't not like them. with a head they just
0: it. don't get caught
1: because we're better at it. Yeah, it could be.
3: Florida has the same thing, but like with the heat. Like when it gets hotter, people go bananas.
2: Yeah. Plus, you've just got the Florida rule where if it's super weird, it happened in Florida. So, oh, yeah. Like man arrested for having sex with picnic table. Florida.
0: Florida <laughs> man arrested for having sex with a picnic
1: table. Picnic table, right. right. I used to, back in the days when LiveJournal was like, you know, a thing. There was a journal that I followed days. that would occasionally play Florida Man or Ohio Man.
0: <gasps> oh, that's just mean.
1: <laughs> it's mean, oh. but it, he, ha, he had a really good balance between the two. So. If, you, if you do want to hear that, uh, it wasn't
4: like a whole head. It was the skull, which makes all the difference, I think. So she um, showed them where a body was. And unfortunately, we will probably never know who it was um, because it was somebody in a, a homeless camp. Mm. Um, so that is the exciting story of the woman with the skull on the stick in Sacramento.
2: Yeah, if I remember right, like, the, like she was nonverbal or something. So she wanted to show people that there was this dead body. But then also you don't want to, like, touch it. So ergo. But at least she didn't litter.
0: Right.
4: <laughs> she didn't let her, and, and it was like near Halloween last year.
0: So story checks out, you know. Yeah. You work with yeah. what you've got. Yeah. If you're nonverbal. You parade until you get attention, and then you're like, all right, guys, come on around here. Dead body. Found it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. This makes perfect so, sense to me. Sure. Although that doesn't say great things about me anyway, so. Not Maybe. really, no. No, I not really. Know. You know, I
2: was thinking today about this podcast. I, I actually put thought into it, believe it or not. Um, and I think one of the things that appeals to me about spooky shit and specifically like the horror genre is that there's always this element of kind of, uh, getting justice or making things right. Like we talked about how female ghosts in fiction are really, really powerful. And I was thinking about the fact, like I said, we're watching American Horror Story season six and like, basically the crux of the whole thing is that. Back in the day, some dudes didn't fucking listen to Kathy Bates and Lady Gaga, and now they have to kill a lot of people. And I'm down
0: with that plot line. I I, I see nothing wrong here. Yeah. I mean, why would you not listen to Kathy Bates? What's wrong with you? And Lady Gaga. And Lady Gaga. What's wrong with you?
2: Right. When Kathy Bates and Lady Gaga tell you to do some shit, you do it. And when you don't, they come back as, like, you know, demonic figures that will
0: kill you. But you had it coming. Should've fucking listened. Right. Isn't that the, the foundation of a lot of the female ghost stories though? You should have fucking listened. Yeah. Uh yeah. Yeah. I told you bad shit was gonna happen.
4: Yeah. You know the one right about on my gravestone is going to say, I told you I was sick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You should listen. Right. So the woman with, like, the ribbon around her neck. No, like, I
1: hate that one. I told you you'd be sorry.
4: Creepy. That was,
1: that was creepy as fuck, Carrie. You need I, to never do that again. I, yeah.
4: <laughs> I was scarred. I was scarred by that story.
0: So was I. Yes
1: so <laughs> <that>. now.
4: <laughs> All
0: right. That was a delightful evil laugh, by the way. Well
1: done. Uh-huh. Thank you. So so I have, I have one more story, which is ridiculous as fuck. Yes, please. Yes, please. That's from Edinburgh. So, hold on. I need to set up for
0: this one. <laughs> what, like your diaphragm needs space to, to get this story going?
1: Yeah. Mostly that I just kind of Like completely fell over.
0: (laughs) Jet lag.
4: She has to get the flashlight and turn it on under (laughs) and hold it like under
1: her chin. Right. So imagine I'm doing that. Yeah. Lock the doors. Totally doing that. Only the story is, as I say, bullshit. So. One of the last things that we saw in Edinburgh was the real Mary King's Close.
2: Whoa.
1: And uh, Close is those, like, the Royal Mile is a mile long, and it goes from Edinburgh Castle to Hollyrood House Palace. And it's, you know, part of the, the old medieval part of Edinburgh. And there are, and the mile goes along the top ridge of this glacial mountain that comes down from this extinct volcano and the closest are the narrow alleys and lanes that go off of the Royal Mile. And they go down and down and down and down until you die. Yeah. And on one side, it goes down into what used to be the Norlock, which is the North Lake, which was a literal lake of shit, which is nice. not relevant. The story, but that's where all of the you know waste went. Because right, because she rolls downhill. Anyway, Mary King's Close was one of these narrow little alleys that got sort of accidentally, on purpose, preserved when the city council chambers were built above them um, during the 1700s. And most of the other closes have been you know renovated and changed over the years and these were covered over and in such a way that you can still see a lot of the original walls and cobblestones where there used to be a cow pen where cows used to there's a lot of shit involved in Edinburgh history. I'm just gonna let you know that right now. So if you ever go just Get ready to learn a lot about poop. Anyway, and the tour guide we had was, like, super into the historical stuff and, like, really excited about explaining things. And also there's some sort of ridiculous touristy, like, talking to animatronic paintings.
0: Oh, no. This is dumb.
1: <laughs> no, no. This is dumb. I need you to understand that this is dumb, but this is you know part of my job, and I like getting paid, so I will do it. But I need you to understand that I think this is dumb. And he was, you know, leading us through the various rooms, and then he's like, "Okay, so this next room we're going to go into is one of my very favorites because, well, we'll walk in and you'll see." And everybody, everybody walked in, and I walked in, and I was like, "Oh my god." Because what it is is it's one of the best preserved 1600s rooms like in existence. The original plaster is still on the walls. So you can, see I know, right? And I what? walked in and I was like, "Holy fuck!" And he's like, "I know, right?" <laughs> <laughs> so he's like, "So there's you know this. You know, we can see exactly how people lived because there are these fireplaces and when." And, like, how the room was laid out and everything. However, in sort of one corner of the room is a pile of dolls. No, no. Yes. No. The reason yeah. for this is because at some point, I want to say in the 80s or the early 90s, a Japanese medium was, like, going through and swore that she felt the spirit of a small child... By the name of Annie in that room. So she brought a doll for the ghost of this small child. And of course, the media picked this up. And humans gonna human. So now people are constantly like dropping off dolls and minion toys. We saw, and I'm not kidding you guys, a One Direction Blu ray.
0: No, that (laughs) is. And poor Mark,
1: our two was like, I need to tell you about this because otherwise you're gonna be like, what's with the pile of random creepy dolls?
0: Right. Here's
1: what's with justifiable question. Justifiable question, but like, like this room is amazing, all its own, and then they fuck it up with this. He's so mad about it.
0: Oh wow.
1: and he's like no seriously people just leave this shit all day long we have piles of it in storage wow. in the, like corner of nightmares in this amazing room with plaster that was made with you know 500 year old horse hair <clears throat> and yeah, it's just made from flake. <laughs> um so like humans can a human fuck you sometimes humans are great a lot of times they're terrible right
2: in uh, the most wisconsin story ever this summer my husband got a call from his parents saying hey can you drive out to this country bar in the middle of fucking nowhere that's closing to pick up the taxidermied coyote we loaned the owner so we did that and like down this country road where there's absolutely nothing there's a hand painted sign that says rummage sale with dolls and then an arrow pointing down like this windy dark road
0: and I'm like who the fuck falls for that and Amanda is about to ask you okay so where exactly was that sign no I don't do dolls that's above me
2: a little bit like there's definitely not a serial killer at the end of that road definitely not definitely not no no
0: I would have stolen the sign to be honest
2: I, we didn't slow down enough for me to take a photo. <laughs> I, don't,
4: I I don't think you I've seen these movies and I don't think you want to incur the wrath
2: of, of the all
4: taxidermists, okay? Just just keep them happy.
0: I told but you steal from them. I told you about the dolls can... in this house when we toured it, right? No. In my son's room. The house had been sort of semi staged, but the family was had moved out. And this house is just over 20 years old i've never lived in a house that's younger than me and it's kind of refreshing like i really enjoy some parts of it but um not having ghosts that i'm aware of is is a definite benefit we tour the house and in the front room are a little baby crib and a little like a little doll's dresser and then a chair with perfectly positioned creepy dolls that the minute you walk in the room they're all staring at you like why are you oh no and this is now my older son's room so we we were like okay this is going to be your room and he's like i don't want to be in here right now <laughs> i'm like yeah. those those will not be here he's like they don't come with the house do they i'm like no 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 they will be they will be gone they will be gone and the first thing he asked when we were like getting ready to go in the house are the dolls gone I'm like yes child knows what's up you cannot have dolls Yeah. like who stages a house with dolls that stare at you when you walk in a room
4: i, uh, I don't i'm surprised
0: somebody, yeah exactly that <laughs> Somebody who doesn't sell a lot
1: of houses. Ugh.
2: But as we've established, because I do not believe in any of this stuff, and I am apparently, like, spiritually obtuse, I would be the most frustrating person ever to haunt.
1: I probably... (laughs) That would be a hilarious comedy. I I would watch that. I would buy
0: that house. I would watch that show. Ghosts try to haunt Elise, and Elise is like, eh, it's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. No, Elise, it's definitely a ghost. Oh, please, no, it's fine. Just the wind. Like,
2: I had, I mean, I had that thought, like, why would you leave a non-corporeal spirit dolls that she can't play with? Like, now that's just pissing her off. (laughs) Right? Like, that's a dick move. Mm. And then throw a One Direction Blu-ray on there. I mean, that's a giant (laughs) fuck
0: you.
1: A One Direction Blu-ray without a Blu-ray player. If there really was a ghost down there, she'd be real pissed. Exactly.
0: So does anyone have any additional book recommendations? Or ghost stories?
4: Well, so I live in Gold Rush country, so we're, like, all ghosts all the time. There's like, no ghosts there. Oh, my God. So, like, every... But but this is weird for... Well, okay, the first thing that's weird is the fact that I read a really big book about the Donner Party. Why? 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 Isn't I, that, why? like, down the road got, from your house? Yeah, well, it's, like, two, three-hour drive. Okay?
0: Uh.
4: Um... And, and you you know, at RT, you guys will probably see it if you do a tour. It's really, really beautiful there. Um, the Donner Lake is like, oh, my God, it's gorgeous. But, you know, it's gorgeous when you're not stuck there and when it's not the middle of winter. So what is weird is that I, like, learned—I got really, really into this, so I feel really ghoulish, and I've collected all these macabre details. But weirdly, there's, like, very little ghost stuff associated but we do have a very famous doll, who's very a nice, vibey doll, not a creepy doll, and that's Patty Reed's doll. So when the Donners left their wagons in the desert before they they were already in trouble before they got to the mountains, and when that party left their their um, their wagons, the Reed children weren't allowed to take anything with them, and Patty, who was eight, couldn't stand to leave her doll behind. She had this really small little doll. It's about maybe um four inches tall, tops, a little china doll with a little fabric dress. Mm-hmm. So she she hid it in the in her apron, and she kept it with her, and she um, survived the winter. And when they finally got rescued, she revealed to her parents that she still had the doll, and they were really happy that she had the doll. And because she got assistance from Sutter's Fort, she said when she died, she wanted the doll to go to Sutter's Fort. So it's like the Sacramento ritual where you go to Sutter's Fort and you see the doll. So that's kind of cool to see. Um, and it does look it 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 would in another context, it would definitely fit the creepy doll mode. But it was a good doll. It did well.
0: Mm.
2: Yes, it did a good job. Um, have, you,
0: have,
2: you guys, uh, have you guys have you guys seen the preview now? There's going to be a movie coming out called Winchester about. Yay. Sarah Winchester, starring Helen Mirren. Oh, yes, but, you know, but I have feelings.
4: She's too feeling so tall. In. She's too tall, and it's not trivial. I mean, on the one hand, I'm like it's Helen Mirren, right? Like I'm fine with that. But also, but like the fact that Sarah was really short, like that impacted her life and the way she built the
2: house. Well, okay, are so... there four
4: foot nine actresses? I maybe there aren't.
2: Wasn't the rumor like they spent 30 some years adding on to this house and it didn't make any sense. And there were like lots of passages that went to the middle of fucking nowhere. And the rumor was that the house was haunted by anyone who'd been killed by a Winchester rifle. Well, Um, here's here's how it goes.
4: There are variations on this, but the, the core legend is that she lost, had multiple losses and was devastated. She lived in New England. And she consulted a medium who told her that she was being haunted by the spirits of the rifle. And in one version, the medium tells her that she can only appease the spirits by building them a giant house to live in. And in other versions, the story is that she needs to build a giant house to trap them and confuse Mm -hmm. them. And that's why it's so um, uh, convoluted. And, and weird is so that they'll get confused and lost and leave her alone. But in both versions, she has to continually build on the house until she dies. Now, a biographer of, who wrote Captive of the Labyrinth uh, somewhat anticlimatically indicated that the house was not continually built on. So now I'm all depressed, but that's like California children are raised on, you know, certain motifs. Don't take shortcuts or you'll eat your relatives. That's the Donner right. Party story. It's important. And Sarah Winchester was this loony. But it's also it's weird because the idea is that she was both crazy and right because everybody really thinks, dude, that house is totally haunted. Because it is a weird, it's creepy, bizarre edifice. Well, I mean,
0: there's a house on the corner of my street where um, – you ever notice that on some houses there's a door on the second level that like opens out until a drop that'll really break your ankles? And mm-hmm. sometimes it's a uh, right. Sometimes it's left over from a house that was adjoining. Sometimes it was part of a barn. Sometimes there's 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 a reason why the door is there. It's right near where my older son's bus stop is, and we walk up to the bus stop, and you know he's going to be twelve. So sometimes I get really valuable information about what's going on in his head as we stand there in the morning waiting for the bus in the cold. And looking at that door gives me the gibblies just because it doesn't fit. It's not right. There's a door in the middle of the ceiling. And then there's like a birdhouse above it. Like, open the door, fall to your death, and then get shit on by a bird. Like, who, (laughs) why is that a thing?
4: I've, I've never heard of that anywhere but the Winchester house, which has a higher up, like, you wouldn't break an ankle, you would die. You open this door and there's like, that's it. It's like three or four stories up. But yeah, no. Um, three that's or four really stories. Or
1: you're just going to break things. It's
0: five stories All right,
4: or more that you're going to Whatever. Unless you
0: dive, then you're fucked. That would be another Winchester House lesson. Don't dive headfirst out of a door that's not on the ground floor. Yeah.
4: Yeah. I think the, the, the big thing with the Winchester House is take small steps. And I wrote extensively for smart bitches about what a great vibe I got from that house. And I don't think there's anything bad about it. However... I would not sleep overnight there for like a billion dollars. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not going to push my luck. On
0: I don't know. I think that if you stayed the night, if there was a ghost of Sarah Winchester, she would be like, Oh my goodness. Tell me the world is better to short women now than it was then. And you would be like, girl, no, it is not. And then you would no, sit up and, all and night. We would, we'd like trade
4: arthritis. Remedies. Exactly. Oh, yeah. You would sit in oil.
0: Try it. Really? I I'm willing
2: to bet her arthritis remedy was laudanum. Probably. Just, yeah. She had a lot of
4: opioids so her
2: her hands
4: like stiffened in the claws so she looked like a cartoon witch (laughs) even though she was actually a pretty benevolent human but you know she looked like the kind of person that like kids would like freak out and run away from like i dare (laughs) you
0: to go up to that house for for trick-or-treat
4: uh you can you could do a Friday the thirteenth tour, you can do candlelight tours, and I do believe they have a Halloween tour. Whoa. A nighttime candlelit Halloween tour. Which actually I I've heard and then they have like specifically like more ghost oriented tours, which I've heard are kind of cheesy. But maybe they're not, maybe they're fabulous. I don't know.
0: Did I ever tell you guys about the the um the house around the corner from where I grew up that was owned by Henry Clay Frick and his wife. I don't think so. So I grew up around the corner from Clayton, which was the Frick estate. And the Fricks had, like, shitloads of money for being um, robber barons and steel industry and shit like that. So they moved to New York. They really wanted to break into New York society. And the story that I heard on the tour of Clayton was that the people in New York were really not interested in these upstart yahoos from Pittsburgh and ostracized his wife, Now he was fine because he had money and he had a penis, but she was never admitted into society. So she moved back home to Pittsburgh and built her horse stables to look exactly like the house of the woman who had snubbed her. (laughs) (laughs) So the house, like her house was a place where horses shit like all day. But when I was really, really young, I have to look this up now, but when I was really young, Helen Clay Frick was still alive. That was their, their daughter. And she died when I was nine. But I remember like people used to be dared to go ring the door on this, uh, ring, door, ring the doorbell on Halloween and, and, you know, go trick or treating because it was this massive, gorgeous, completely scary looking Victorian house. Well, it's now been turned into a museum and I've toured it a whole bunch of times because it's, you know, right down the street it's where it was when I lived in Pittsburgh But the thing about the the Fricks and that era was that when their daughter died, they memorialized everything about her. This was Helen's sister. Her picture was on their checks. So like if they wrote a a check to pay the bill, the picture on the check was their dead daughter. And her hair was everywhere. It was braided and it was coiled and it was in every room. There were pictures of her. There were articles of her clothing, like the whole house the way that they lived in it had the little bits of memorial you know art from the Victorian era and later about their daughter and I was more creeped out by that than I would ever have been going up to the doorbell to try to ring for trick-or-treat which I was never allowed to do because was too little mm. like the whole decorate with your dead child's hair <laughs> like yeah that, that was, was-
4: Common, very though, common, yeah. yeah. Very, yeah. very
0: common. But when, when you see it everywhere, you're like, wow. It's a lot of
4: hair. Hey, I have to make a correction because I have a terrible feeling that I said that we had a serial killer in Sacramento called Dolores Huerta. And she was actually this enormous hero of the <laughs> uh, farm worker movement. I am so sorry, Dolores. I suck. <laughs> uh, the serial wow. killer was Dorothea Puente. Yeah. So I was the apologize. one that like she,
2: she killed people for social security checks, right? Yeah, like she, she would
4: old people and buried them yeah. in the backyard. And I was I I found it out cuz I was googling cuz it was like can you trick or treat at her house? Like but I'm not finding anything that says that you can trick or treat at her house. Sadly cuz
2: that would be awesome. <laughs> that would be pretty amazing. Sarah, would you like me to speed round some creepy book recommendations? Oh hell yeah. All right. All right, garlic knitter, get ready. <laughs> 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 okay, so first of all, I, I highly recommend Jennifer McMahon and she has a really, really creepy book called Winter People, which is about Ugh. basically like zombies. Just the name, um, dude. Nope. Right. It takes place it takes place in the present day but then also in the early 1900s in vermont in a small town that kind of gets isolated in the winter nope um holding with the winter theme i think this was a release this year loref and white it's l-o-r-e-f l-o-r-e-f that's a new letter the f um, <laughs> <laughs> it's called in in the barren ground, and uh, again, that's like a murder mystery with supernatural elements that takes place in like the polar um, polar area, hence the barren ground um, thing. Sorry, I'm rambling. I'm really tired, and I apologize.
0: You're if you not like... even
2: jet lagged. No, I'm just on a shitload of duloxetine and muscle relaxers.
1: Uh, Woo! Woo! Uh,
2: if you like gothic. Mysteries or gothic romance, and these are romances. Jennifer St. Giles he has some out. One of hers is Midnight Secret. Um, there is Eve Silver series, which has dark in the title, so his dark kiss, dark prince. Um, there is, of course, Victoria Holt, who wrote, I think, in the 70s, so her books are kind of old. There's Cat Sheridan, who wrote Echoes in Stone, which is another gothic mystery. Or a gothic romance. And then there's a gothic romance by Lillian Merrick coming out in November called Lord Edward's Mysterious Treasure. I assume that title <laughs> refers to his penis, but I have not yet. To,
1: to you just run the yet. mystery, Elise. <laughs> his mysterious
2: his mysterious treasure is that his penis hooks sharply to the right. Um, <laughs> there's also Amanda Dewey's who writes a gothic uh, romance that we're reading this month for a book club. And I'm scrolling through to see what other creepy shit I have downloaded on here. (laughs) All kinds of creepy shit. I love creepy shit. That's that's what I got off the top of my head.
0: That's a lot of creepy, dude. Yeah. That is a lot of creepy.
4: If you want to go with the classics, a ghost story that no one ever remembers as a ghost story is Jane Eyre. It has two ghosts in it. Um, yeah, Jane likes ghosts. Yeah, so there's um, at one point Jane gets guidance from the voice of her dead mother, and then the whole story is put in motion because Jane is a child and she's locked in the room where her uncle died, and which is called the Red Room, by the way. Um, and she is. believes that she sees his ghost, and she. It's kind of left ambiguous whether she does or not. And she is so terrified that she falls into a fit. And that's how she gets away from her evil aunt, who then sends her to school where, like, all this other stuff happens. And, of course, like, a romance that's not a romance, that's really just a horror story about horrible people in um, Wuthering Heights. I
0: was just going to say, oh, horrible people. It has Mm -hmm. to be Wuthering Heights. Horrible people. But Kathy
4: and Heathcliff, much haunting True. So, so, yeah.
1: I just well, what it. else are you gonna do on the moors? You wander around, you haunt people,
4: right? I just, like yeah. I, I want to visit the moors for five seconds and like walk out there and yell, Kathy! and then walk back and be like, "Checked off bucket list, done with the moors."
1: Yeah, like, and then and then you go from the Yorkshire moors to York and wander around the shambles. Yeah, and that would be Harry cool. Potter store. Absolutely. And and have a cream tea. Oh my god.
4: Oh, okay. Sorry, Elise. I like, I no, like.
2: No, it's okay. I, I just finished a book by Sophia Tobin that is a true gothic mystery. And I swear to God, she sat down and was like, I want to make a cast of characters that are even shittier than the cast of Wuthering Heights. <laughs>
0: like, I was so mad at that book. There was not
2: a single fucking person in that book that I liked by the end of it.
0: That's uh, how that, I
1: felt about Awaken My Love.
2: But at the same time, it was so well done on the mystery front that, like, I couldn't give it a horrible grade. Because it was like, well, it turned out everyone was awful, but also I didn't see this coming.
0: Wow. All right. Mm. That's cool. I can't read scary shit, so I have nothing to add, unfortunately.
1: No, you you are facilitating the conversation. There's yeah. nothing unfortunate in that. This is true. Yeah, you told us about the house with all the dead person here in it.
0: That's, that's Wh- right. Dead and, child and the hair. door. Yeah.
1: The door. Like, that's... <laughs> what the hell? Right. So do you guys know about witch windows, which shows up in Vermont architecture?
0: No. no. They're,
1: like, windows that are at an angle under the eaves. And the story is that witches can only fly in straight lines. So those windows are there to confuse them because it's at an angle and they can't fly at an angle. So they can't get into your house. Why? And then like people recount the story and then like literally everyone goes, why wouldn't they use like literally any of the other windows or the door?
0: Right, so, yeah, so, like who says like, we no just one... don't know geometry? What sexist bullshit is this
1: <laughs> right i no- I don't, I don't know, I don't know, I got nothing for you. No one actually seems to think that that's the real reason that these random crooked windows are put in. It's more likely to maximize the amount of light that you'll get into your attic or right. in your you know. Mm-hmm. So that actually makes sense because Vermont is north and it gets dark and the light is kind of slanty.
0: So. Right. That makes that does make sense. But yeah, but it's much more interesting but, to be like, yeah, witches don't have geometry. Right. And
1: can only enter via one random window. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. Like you put in this one random window, then that's the only way they can enter your house, except that they can't. So I don't. I are any of you going to binge Stranger Things when it comes out?
0: Yes. Yes. Are you a okay. fan, Amanda? Oh, I'm a
3: huge fan. I after this phone call, I was going to call Eric to see because it comes out Friday. I was going to see his thoughts on me making a big batch of my my family recipe chili. I make like a huge crock pot of it. I was like, can we just eat chili on Friday and binge the next season of Stranger Things? I mean, he'll probably say yes, and if he doesn't, he'll say yes eventually. <laughs> yeah, right?
1: I'll I'll be there. Forget him. So we'll just right. just You'd message have to have back Reese's and forth. spaces too, in honor of ET.
3: <laughs> and he just did a marathon, so I doubt he's gonna want to do anything. So
1: I don't
0: think uh, I don't think this is a show for Sarah, but I'm very curious about it. It's really good. I,
4: I couldn't handle all the middle scores in Jeopardy, so I had to watch it like the first season, <laughs> like a little bit at a time. So it took me forever. Like I just finished it like last week. Because I would watch, like, because I really love it. It's so well done. But I would get so tense. I wasn't, like, scared, scared. I was stressed out. No one saw it here, right? No, God, no. Oh, God, no. no. It was so good. I'm so glad that you enjoyed it, Amanda. You want to, I hope that you enjoyed it on my behalf.
3: You should. You should watch it and let me know. It's actually really funny, and it's not that I have no one to go
2: with, because I I know you would, but you live in Boston, which is very, very far away. Because as much as I love my husband, I did have to continually check in with him during our American Horror Story binge to make sure he was okay. Um, And none of my friends do scary movies either. I'm getting into it. I
3: wasn't a huge scary movie fan, but after watching... Like, the Baba Duke, which was really good. Um, that was really good. And then it, I've been, I've read the book, and I watched the miniseries, and it's one of those movies where, you know, every time a child is on screen, Pennywise is going to show up, so it's not really super, nope,
2: nope, 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 super nope. shocking. You um, know what, what movie scared the shit out of me? This is, like, the only movie to ever really freak me out. Signs and I.
3: Only, oh my God! I was thinking about aliens. Let's I, not get into it. <laughs> I feel
2: like it was because Mel Gibson was in the movie. Like I had, <laughs> I had like a spidey sense that he was a secret awful person. I don't know if his anti-Semitism uh, rage had yeah. come out at that point. But no, that movie scared the the Jesus out of me. That was one of the few movies where I left, and I was like, mm, that was. I
3: watched a amazing. lot of unsolved mysteries as a child growing up during yes. the summer and oh they have a lot God. of alien abduction stories oh, yeah. and like there's something about aliens and like alien abductions that scare the shit out of me. Like I, when I was a child, I would never leave my blinds open at night cause I was just afraid I would like wake up in the middle of the night and see this creepy alien peeking in and at me. Yeah. Um, so signs creeped me out. I when there's that shot of the alien walking into the alleyway, I screamed bloody murder when that. And I rarely have that reaction in scary movies. So I think
2: it's because I think it's because like with ghosts and horror movies and stuff like that, there are rules, right? Like we understand the rules of haunting and ghosts and witches. Like they can't go into certain sized mm-hmm. windows or whatever.
1: But with aliens, <laughs> certain angled
2: windows, right? right. Right, with right. aliens, like, like we, I don't know what rules we're playing by here. They
3: have no limits.
4: Exactly. Well, and you know, like, TV Tropes talks about being genre savvy and then being wrong genre savvy. Those are two competing yeah. tropes, right? So with aliens, you never really know. Are you in the Spielberg alien world or are you in the independent state alien world? Which one? You don't know. I do remember Until being... they suck off your face and then you're like, right, crap. then you
2: know. I do remember being scared by the X-Files episode with the guy who could climb through the toilet. No! no. Is that no. the guy
0: who eats your liver?
2: Yes.
4: So good. Oh, my God. No!
2: Okay.
0: The fact that you said so good makes me think that you're now snacking on a liver. A liver. <laughs> what? The circus one is what
3: scared no. me, where the guy had the twin that would detach from his body at night
0: that one and was just, actually
3: like, creep funny. around. Oh, well, I was a kid when I saw that my parents would watch the X-Files and I would creep out of my room and like peek around the hallway so I could see like the TV of what they were watching. And I remember it was that episode one time. And after that, I was like, no, I'm done. This is okay. I'll just stay in bed.
2: So So, not to get like super gross or anything, but I saw the scary toilet man episode. I was probably in middle school. I was home super, super sick. My mom knew I liked X-Files, so she went to Blockbuster, which was a thing back then, and they would have, like, two or three episodes on a VHS, which was also a thing back then. So, Sicky Lee's with, like, 103 fever and chronically in the bathroom watches the episode about the guy who climbs to the toilet and kills you. It's not a great thing.
0: (laughs) No. Very bad. Did I ever tell you that I watched the? I finally binge watched the X Files by finding a website that listed all of the romantic moments and then where they were in each episode, so oh, I could skip shit all the cre- be that I could get all the creepy shit out of the way. I would like that one with the there was a whole family and like mom lived under the bed or something. I fast forward. Oh no
4: no no no, we don't watch that one. No,
0: right, fast forwarded through all of it. But if there was a moment, I knew exactly when it was, and I would watch the romantic movement, and then I would just. Fast forward through the creepy shit. So I watched the romance of, of X-Files. Not very satisfying, but still okay. That was the only way I could watch that. There's no other way.
2: The romance of the X-Files is less satisfying than David Duchovny and Gillian Anderson's real-life tweet flirting.
0: Oh, their friendship is just lovely. Like, I really like to think that when you work that long and that hard on a show that is clearly that grueling, (laughs) that you either come out of it hating each other or you come out of it and you're like, yeah, we went through this cool thing and we're always going to be friends. And their Twitter together is just adorable.
4: It almost sounds like they've got kind of a sibling thing going in the sense that – by the end of the show, they they just hated each other and now they're, like, friends again. Like, they've had some space and they're yeah. like, no, no, it's... We're, we're, like, like whether they're in a space where they can't stand each other or they're a space where they're really c- good friends, they've, like, gone through this, you know, 10-year television <laughs> ordeal. Yeah. <laughs> so they're, like, bonded.
3: Why were you
0: laughing, Amanda? Did you think I sounded ridiculous? No, because you said the phrase long and hard in the center. <laughs> oh my god I didn't even notice they worked real long and real hard on that show that is amazing
2: I have to I have to say I don't think it's a sibling thing because a fan asked her what animal she would be if she could be an animal and she said she would be a fo- uh, sheep so that Mulder the fox could eat her and then she had like a million winking faces <laughs>
0: okay that's hilarious this was an extra long episode (laughs) and i want to thank amanda and carrie and elise and redheaded girl for hanging out with me and talking about all the creepy things as i said in the intro if you would like to find links to any of the books or movies especially that steve gutenberg movie or the creepy things online seriously some of these things are so creepy I will have links to all of them in the podcast show notes at com slash podcast. This podcast was brought to you by the newly released audio version of Hopeful by Louise Bay. If you like Christina Lauren, Emma Chase, and Kristen Proby, you will love this contemporary second chance romance. Ava Elliott's been in love with Joel Wentworth since their secret, passionate love affair at university, which ended when he left for New York after graduation. Despite Joel's wanting her to go with him, Ava stayed in London to pursue her career. But Ava never got over her first love, and she's been single ever since. Eight years later, Joel is back in London. Is he ready to forgive Ava? Or has he moved on from a love that he promised would last forever? Described as a true love story and having a combination of humor and heartbreak, hopeful by Louise Bay is on sale now at all major retailers. And the audio edition is on Audible, Amazon, and iTunes. You can find out more at louisebay.com. Each episode gets a transcript. Each transcript is compiled by Garlic Knitter. Thank you, Garlic Knitter. And this episode's transcript is brought to you by Twice as Wicked by Elizabeth Bright. Alice Bursnell is determined to wreak revenge on Nathaniel Eastwood, Viscount Abigdon, the seduction, ruin, and death of her beloved twin sister, but how to expose a seducer without falling prey herself. As she gets closer to Nathaniel, she finds she is in serious danger of following in her sister's much too tempted footsteps. The man is nothing like the heartless rake she expected, and his kisses are truly divine. Could she be wrong about him? When a mysterious and gorgeous woman confronts Nathaniel at a fancy ball, he suspects that she has murder on his mind, specifically his own the more he tries to determine who the deceptively innocent beauty is and what she's up to. The deeper he falls under her alluring spell, Nathaniel fears he's in imminent danger of losing his life, or worse, his heart. Elizabeth Bright's debut is a witty and heartwarming romance that readers won't soon forget. You can find out more at Entangled Publishing, and I will have links to both of these books in the podcast show notes at smartbitchestrashybooks.com podcast. The music you're listening to was provided by Sassy Outwater. You can find this particular track on Pete Bog Fairy's album, Dust. This is called Spiegel and Nongo. It's a little creepy, right? I was going for atmospheric. I can't have Wilbur sing through the whole episode and the intro and the outro. His union contract does not permit such things. I will have links to Dust and all of the other fine Pete Bog music on the show notes, but you can find them on Amazon and on iTunes or, you know, wherever you buy your funky tunes. Now, if you have a ghost story, or a creepy book, or both to tell us about, please do. You can find us at sbjpodcast at gmail.com. You can record a voice memo and email it to me if you'd like to send me the audio. Don't be scared. Or you can leave a voicemail at one 371 3272 I would love to hear from you. I would also like to tell you about our podcast Patreon. Patreon.com slash smartbitches your support makes a deeply, deeply appreciated difference. And I really, really do thank you for having a look and sponsoring the show. And if you're not able to do that, just listening each week is so great. Like I'm honored that you hang out with me. So thank you for that. And as I've been doing, I get a bad joke for you. You ready? This is terrible. I'm so excited. Why can't ghosts procreate? You ready? Why can't ghosts procreate? Because they have Halloweeners. (laughs) Thank you to Batman Jerkins on Reddit's dad joke forum for that one. Halloweeners. (laughs) I'm going to tell that joke all week and try to remember who I'm telling it to. (sighs) Okay. I am way too enjoying that. Way too much enjoyment. On behalf of Carrie and Elise and Amanda and Redheaded Girl and myself and Orville and, of course, Wilbur, We wish you the very best of reading. Have a great weekend and happy Halloween.